Good morning, and thank you so much for coming and being a part of this, the Rock Community Church. We are honored, very, very honored, that you have come to worship with us and to praise the Lord together. We've been studying through a kind of a series at this point in time in the, in the life of our church. We want to, as the best we know how, explain to you and... Uh, so that we would all be on the same page, if you would, about what kind of a church is this? What kind of church is the Rock Community Church? What do we stand on? And, and, and what is it that is our purpose in life? And I think today we'll kind of uh, put a, a cap and a closure upon the first part of what we feel we are as a church. And that is a church that is continually devoted to the Apostles' teaching. We want to be a church that understands the Word of God. I made mention to you last week that it's imperative in your life and my life, if you so choose to, to pass on to the next generation the wonders of God's Word. You know, God has given you and me a responsibility, and that is to pass on to our kids what we understand and know about the truth of the Word of God that has been passed on to us. It all started back when our Lord was about to be ascended into heaven. And he gave orders to the apostles, telling them what they ought to teach. And you remember well when Peter gathered together after the day of Pentecost, when 3,000 people came to Christ and they first assembled as what was to be known as a church, he said in Acts chapter 2, in the 42nd verse through the 47th verse, he said this, I want you to be a people who are continually devoting yourselves to the things of God. And in that section of scripture, we saw six things that our Lord said are of utmost importance to, to us as a, a group of believers. And that is the apostles' teaching and fellowship and, and communion and prayer giving unto the Lord so as to support the, the local body so that we can do the things that God wants us to do as a, as a church, and finally, that we would worship and praise our Lord with all that we are and everything about us. Well, last week, I kind of, I kind of gave you a, a challenge, but not so strongly because it's not my intent ever to try to challenge you to a degree that you think, well, I've got to do this because... PJ, Pastor John says so. Uh, I, I want the Lord to speak into your heart as the Lord would speak into my heart to do something. Here's the reason why. If you think you've got to follow whoever it is that is your hero or heroine in the Lord, that person might let you down. Or that person might move you into such a degree direction that you feel you're doing it for them that's a wrong motive in anything and everything that you and i do unto the lord the right motive is is that we feel we need to express our love back to our savior for all that he has done for us and when he motivates you into action it will be something that will be pure from your heart to his heart and it will be something that you'll be able to do that it will not tire you out. He will encourage you. He will strengthen you. All the things that need to be done. Things that a human, a human being cannot do. We can challenge one another. 
But by the grace of God, we ought to allow Him to do what He wants to do within our lives. Last week, we celebrated our fourth anniversary. Um, it, was, um, it was really a special time. And then we took a look at, at our, our future. In other words, we took a, a strong look at the message that Pastor West gave two weeks ago when he had the baton and he passed along. He said, uh, I passed to him and he passed on to Fred and Fred then passed the baton to Jenny and Rob. And, and so the, 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 the idea is, is that you and I are to be a people who pass along the things that we know about God to the next generation. And we went from here at the end of the service, if you were with us, into the other room that we hope to build as soon as possible into our student ministry area where they will have their own place to gather together and worship and, 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 and just have their place within this building. If you missed last weekend, it was really a great time. The, the, the 180 band led worship for us, did a fantastic job. And then we showed a new student video that was done by David Briggs. And it, if you missed that, that you can see again. It's now on our website. If you know how to go on a computer, if you know how to go to you know, www.therockcommunitychurch.org, and uh, if we can go there and then somewhere on that page, that web page, you will find um, uh, some videos. There are three different videos and two of them are, are in connection with our young people, with our students. I would really encourage you to go on and take a look at this, um, this uh, video that we did. It, it's phenomenal. Next thing I'd like to say to you is we're going to be handing out at least six of these flyers. They're, they're in your bulletin right now as I speak. It is um, uh, a flyer on what we are learning and trying to learn at this time within the church of what we stand upon as an Acts 2 church. And this particular flyer is, to, is the one about the apostles' teaching that you can read through. The reason you should keep it and you should save it in your little notebook is so that you can refer to it as we go through the Acts 2 study. And so I encourage you to hold on to those Put them in a notebook. I believe we have a notebook for you that you can put in and keep so that you can refer back to what we are learning so that you can understand and know beyond a shadow of a doubt what we stand upon as a body of believers. I want to make this statement. I'm heartbroken. Last week, the staff put up slides, um, and the staff did all the work for Veterans Day. And I got up here. And I completely forgot, completely forgot. It was really a bad oversight on my behalf. Because if there are ever a group of people that you and I are to be thankful for, it's the people who went off into war as veterans and who allow you and I to have the privilege of the, the freedom and Whatever it is that we have here in these United States today because of the men and women who fought for us. And I ask those of you who are veterans or have family members who are now in, in, in fighting for our freedom, I ask you to forgive me that I forgot that. I will try not to do that ever again. Um, it was just my oversight. I was supposed to do it. 
just because I got excited, got up here and started talking, and who knows where that will lead me. But um, that's what happened. And so would you honor us this morning, those of you who were, um, have fought in the, in the armed forces or were in the services, men and women, um, or who have a loved one now that we can stop and pray for and thank you and pray for them. Would you mind standing up, please, if you were uh, a veteran of one of the wars? Thanks, Al. God bless you guys. God bless you. Thanks. Thanks. To you, dear folks, please forgive me. Um, didn't really mean to miss that, um, that moment last week. Just did. Um, would you pray with me, all of you? Father, I want to thank you from the very depth of our soul for those men and women who have given of their time, some the ultimate sacrifice, some have family members who have, uh, who have died going over, Father, to other places to help to keep us free here in this, these United States, that we might do the things that we are able to do, the freedom that we so, so richly and, and so preciously enjoy and I just pray, Father, that you bless each person, bless uh, the memory of those who fought and who died, bless those who have gone overseas and come back, and, and Father, would you, um, would you encourage them at every level and every, every, every turn. Dear God, thank you for each person, and uh, we pray for those that are overseas now, that are, are watching over, Father, our our deepest concerns. And so would you please bless them all. In Jesus' precious, precious name, amen. Um, sorry about that last week. Sorry, very sorry. Would you do me a favor? Let's, uh, let's start the service. Would you, or we already started the service. Let's start the, the message. Turn with me to Acts chapter 17. When you're turning to Acts chapter 17, I, I want to say to you, last week... We talked about the blessings that come from the great chapter that we're going to look at a little bit further today. That is Psalms 119. Still go to chapter 17 of the book of Acts. And we're going to see from the book of Psalms 119 how God and His Word being exalted within these 176 verses in, in Psalms 119, that they are... Uh, um, a motivation, they are an encouragement to those of us who want to know the Lord. What we, wanna, what we want to learn here at this church is the whole idea of passing along our faith. And I said to you last week, what you and I do not know, we cannot pass along. We can't pass along God's truth until we incorporate it, understand it within our own lives. And so, last week, I asked you and me to become more involved with reading and getting to know our Bibles better, all in the hopes that we would be a church body like the Bereans, as you'll see in Acts chapter 17 and verse 11. They were a body of believers who were found to be, look at Acts chapter 17, verse 11, more noble-minded than those in Thessalonica. Why? Here's why. Look, the rest of this verse. Because it says, they received the word with great eagerness. 
they examined the scriptures daily to see whether these things were so. In other words, what I challenge you and me to do is to examine our Bible daily to see the things that we are being taught by whomever teaches, in this case myself, to make sure that what I am teaching is correct. I was asked, we had a third Friday last, uh, this couple days ago Friday, and we had some questions that came from the people of our church, and one of the questions was, why do you, to me it was addressed, there was most of the staff, all the staff was up here, but they addressed, why do we teach the Bible here line upon line? And so I was able to t- say to them, as I say to you, it is a mandate that we have been given by God. God has told us how to study through his Bible. And the reason is, is when we study through the Bible in the fashion that we do, you have the evidence sitting there in your lap to see if what I am saying is so or not. To see whether it, it rings true to your heart. And to examine it. And if you find that something that I have taught is, is off base, you, I would plead with you, come to me and, and reason and say, John, that wasn't so. And help me so that we become a church that teaches the Word of God correctly. And so that we would not, by any stretch of anyone's imagination, lead any of us astray in any way, shape, or form. And so because of the authority of the Word of God, you have there in your lap the very words of God spoken to your heart. And so I don't have to dream up some plan. I don't have to dream up some, some message that will that will try to tickle your ears to make you encourage. My job is the same job that everyone has that has ever taught the Word of God. And that is to teach it so that you and I might grow in our faith. It's not about the preacher. It's not about the message. It's about your and my relationship to God. And the way that you will come closest to Him is to read the words that He has given to us so that we will become, by the grace of an Almighty God, conformed into the image of His Son. And that cannot happen apart from a knowledge and understanding of the Word of God. Now, I'm going to ask you to turn with me to Psalms 119. I want you and me... Bottom line, I want us to become like a church like the Bereans. I want us to examine our Bibles daily to see if the things that we are being taught is not truth. I mentioned to you last week in Psalms 119, I reasoned that intelligence or understanding of the Word of God does not necessarily come with age. It doesn't come to you just because you've gotten older and you've been a Christian for so many years. No, it comes, intelligence and understanding of the Word of God, comes through a study, a diligent study of the Word of God. Pure and simple. God says through the psalmist, if you look at Psalms 119, look way over to verse 100. Verse 100. And the psalmist writes in this verse, He says, I understand more than the aged. 
Why? He says, because I have observed your precepts. In other words, your teachings, your words. You do not need to be older to understand the Word of God, but you do need to study them so that you understand what it is that is penetrating your heart, your mind, your thoughts, so that you can, with a clear conscience, pass along to your children or your grandchildren or your friends or your parents or your loved ones or someone you work with, that you can, with a clear conscience, tell them the truth of the Word of God. And then they will have to deal with what you have said to them. It's not your decision to make them to come to Christ. You can't do that. The only person that you can affect is yourself. Period. And the more you understand, the more you know, the more you will become that person that God has created you to become. That's the goal of the Rock Community Church. That we would understand more than the aged because we have observed God's precepts or His teachings or His laws. We also reason with you, secondly, that it isn't necessarily the length of time that you spend with the Lord that is at issue. Rather, it is important that you do spend time with the Lord. Whether it be, you know, it's, it would be, I think, foolhardy of me to say, I want you to carve out an hour a day to spend with the Lord. Now, some of you can do that. I would encourage you to, if you can. But some of you can only carve out maybe five minutes, maybe a just a period of time that you can start to read your Bible and allow the Lord God to speak to your heart. And it can happen quickly, folks, I promise you. It is a time when you get alone with the Lord, you open up the Bible, and you start to read. And today, I'm going to try to demonstrate to you how it works through my own life. Because it's the only way I can really explain to you what the Word of God ought to do in your life. But if you read the Word of God and you come to what I call a nugget, someone must have told me this a long time ago, find a nugget. And you read the Word of God, and as I'm going to demonstrate to you out of Psalms 119, because I've done it so many times, there is always a nugget. And when it comes, when I find that thing that speaks to me, I ask God, I automatically stop and meditate. What did that mean to me? What did that mean to me, Lord? And then I ask, well, if I, if I move upon this in my life, what does it then mean to you? What does it mean to my family? What does it mean to my, my, my co-workers? What does it mean in my life? And I'm saying to you that if you'll study the Bible in this fashion, God will start to speak to your heart and He will start to change you. And the things that you will read, the things that you will begin to understand, they'll become real to you because it won't be something that someone said to you that's trying to change you, but it'll be God Almighty working in your heart to conform you into the image of His Son. And so whether you spend five minutes or whatever length of time, that's between you and God. What is at issue is that you 
sense in your heart that you give him at least some time daily so that he might speak to you. I asked you to read out of Psalms 119 this very thing, to find out what God wants to say to you about certain things. And I left that as an issue just between you and the Lord. Didn't, didn't try to force you to do it. Just tried to encourage you. Let me show you. When I read Psalms 119, I can't get far without God talking to me. I'll just show you. Let me just give you a for example. You're looking at Psalms 119. Look at verse 1. How blessed are those whose way is blameless, who walk in the law of the Lord. I might stop right there. That might have been all that I would read for that day. Because I would have asked the Lord, how can I be blessed? How blessed? I don't feel blessed, Lord. And by the way, don't try to sugarcoat when you talk to him. He knows your heart. Don't try to say, oh, I'm like that. Thou is the... You know, I always get nervous when I hear people start saying thou and thus and all these words. Talk to him like you would any friend. He wants to be your very best friend. And so ask him, Lord, what do you mean bless? I don't feel blessed. What are you talking about blessing? Not that's the way you talk to friends. That's the way I do. Lord, what do you mean? How in the world, how in the world, Father, can I be blameless? I don't feel blameless. I, I, I falter. I, I fall apart. I, I don't walk like I want to walk. I don't feel blessed. I don't feel blameless. And he will probably say to you, as he says to me, then why don't you walk in the law of the Lord? Uh, okay. You know, um, because the word walk, if you understand or study at all, that means to be a habitual habit in your life. The walk means habitually you'll do this. If you want to be blessed, if you want to be blameless, John, then you've got to habitually walk with me in my law. And that normally takes me to my knees and say, you know, Father, forgive me. I didn't do that very good. I'm kind of a half-hearted believer right at this point in time give me a heart and if you were to read on further in psalms 119 you'd find out how you can have this heart watch it's 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 absolutely utterly astounding you don't have to read long long time god will pretty much if you get alone with him speak to you right away out of his word now would you do me a favor read with me from verse 1 to verse 19, that's, that's what we're going to try to look at. And, and even that, we, we, we will not do it justice. But let's, let's see if you read out of Psalms 1 and 19, if you spent a little time with the Lord, how he might speak to your heart if you let him. And I'll use myself as an example if you don't mind. Psalms 119, verse 1 to 19. How blessed are those whose way is blameless, who walk in the law of the Lord. How blessed are those who observe His testimonies, who seek Him with all their heart. They also do no unrighteousness. They walk in His ways. You have ordained Your precepts that we should keep them diligently. Oh, that my ways might be established to keep your law, your statutes. Then I shall not be ashamed when I look upon all your commandments. 
I shall give thanks to you with uprightness of heart when I learn your righteous judgments. I shall keep your statutes. Do not forsake me utterly. How can a young person keep their way pure? By keeping it according to your word. With all my heart I have sought you. I, do not let me wander from your commandments. Your word I have treasured in my heart that I might not sin against you. Blessed are you, O Lord. Teach me your statutes. With my lips I have told of all the ordinances of your mouth. I have rejoiced in the way of your testimonies as much as in all riches. I will meditate upon your precepts and regard your ways. I shall delight in your statutes. I shall not forget your word. Deal bountifully with your servant that I might live and keep your word. Open my eyes that I might behold wonderful things from your law. I'm a stranger in the earth. Do not hide your commandments from me. Father, we read your words and they penetrate. They move upon our hearts if we'll allow them, if we'll just contemplate, think about what you might be saying to us, realize and understand that what we have just read, these 19 verses, are as holy a place as they will ever be. We have just read the very word of an almighty God who desires to, for us to know you and to worship you and to live a life that is in balance with you, that we might have, Father God, by your grace, a joy and a contentment, much like Paul, who was contented in all of his ways. Some of us search and try to find contentment in this world, and we go from place to place and, and one thing to another, and we don't realize that the true joy and contentment and the peace and, and all of the goodness of you is found written within your words and you want to speak them to our hearts. And so, Father, as you've said, as I was taught by a, a, an elderly gentleman who before he died said to me, never open up your word without reading. Open up our eyes, dear Lord that we might behold wonderful things from your law. And the reason we say that, Father, is because no one person, no human being can teach us what you want to teach us. Because no human being knows what you know about our lives, about our very innermost being and what will make us truly contented. And so please open our eyes, Father. Open up our minds and our hearts so that we might behold the most precious gift that could ever be given to anyone on the face of this earth, and that is to have a moment where we recognize and realize that we are conversing with the very God who has made us in this earth in which we live. So move me aside, please, Father. Let each of us in our own ways sense and in. in and feel your touch upon our own hearts, we pray. In Jesus' precious name, amen. Verses 1 and 2, if you can get that far. It says in verse 1 and 2, we will receive a blessing. 
we can find a way that is blameless, it says. If and when we walk in the Lord, note, with all of our hearts. Here's the issue. I can see it. I believe you can. There is an obligation for me to be obedient to receive the blessings that the Lord wants to pour out upon my life. I've got to start to seek Him with all of my heart. Not half-heartedly. Not uh, a little here, a little there. No, I, I've, if I really want these blessings, if I really want to be blameless before my God, then I've got to seek Him with all of my heart. And so the question you might ask if that happens to you when you're reading this is, Lord, Al, I am as busy as I know to be. I'm raising these kids. I'm, I'm going off to work. I'm doing whatever it is. How can I walk with you? How can I be obedient? And he'll speak to your heart. Watch. You see, obedience is king. Obedience in the Word of God is king. You'll go to other places perhaps and they'll tell you, oh, you know, it just... Just enough that you have fire insurance, right? Just enough that you've asked Christ into your heart and you know you're not going to hell. That's, that's wonderful. Yeah, that is wonderful. But if you want to have a life that's contented, if you want to have a life that's real, if you want to live on this earth where you know there is a joy and peace about this life, then you've got to be obedient to far more than just your fire insurance. Just enough that you've asked Christ into your heart. You're not going to hell. I'm happy about that. That's just the starting place. That's just the starter's gun that says, go. And now you and I are off on this, this marathon that we are in. And it's not just enough if you want to find contentment, joy, peace, and all of those things that you just know that you're not going to hell. If you really want to start to find this joy that comes within their life, you have to be obedient to the Lord. Anyone that has taught you and me anything differently has done this world in which we live and you especially a disservice. There's much more to Christianity than just accepting Him into your heart. Yes, I want all of you to do that because I don't want you to go to hell. I don't want to go to hell. The, The Father, God the Father doesn't want you to go to hell. He longs to have fellowship with you. He longs to be with you eternally. But while you're here on this earth, He has given you and me a responsibility. We're just not to have fire insurance. We're to be able to pass along to the next generation the things that we have learned. And so obedience is key. Look look at verses 3 through 8. Read with me. And maybe you won't be able to go so far. Maybe the Lord will speak your heart in verse 3. But it says, they do no unrighteousness. How? Same thing he said in verse 2. Those who walk in your ways, dear Father. You, you God, have ordained your precepts that we should keep them. How? What does it say in your Bible? I don't know. In mine it says what? Diligently. What does it say? Is there another word? Pardon me? Completely. There's a commitment there. So if I want to have this blessings, if I want to be blameless, there is a 
a part of me that must follow through with what God has given me to do. And that is I must walk in his ways diligently or completely. It's my obligation. Verse 5. Oh, that my ways may be established to keep your statutes. Then I shall not be ashamed when I look upon all your commandments. Verse 7, I shall give thanks to you with an uprightness of heart when I learn of your righteous judgments. I shall keep your statutes. Don't forsake me utterly. God shows us how to be righteous. And that is, as it says in verse 3 and so many other places, by walking, by a continual habit or a habitual habit in our life, walking in His ways. The psalmist says that you and I can live a life in a state of blessedness or blamelessness if we'll only walk in the law of the Lord. And you and I will not know how to walk in the law of the Lord until we understand what the law of the Lord is. It's imperative upon you and me to understand this. I can't believe pastors will have church this morning and won't teach the Word of God. What do they think they're doing to their people? More importantly, what do they think they're doing to God? Slap him in his face for crying out loud by not teaching the very thing that he has asked them to teach. The very thing that he's asked them to give their lives for. To teach the people his ordinances. To teach the people what he has taught us. This same word, blessed, is the is the blessed that is translated in the New Testament in the Beatitudes when Jesus Christ says, Blessed are the poor in spirit. Blessed are those who mourn. Blessed, 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 blessed. In Matthew chapter 5. Same word. Same blessings. But the blessings that come into your life and my life must be accompanied with obedience. You need to hear that. As verse 4 tells you and me, we are to keep His Word diligently. Pastor Bill, last this past Friday and third Friday, I was sitting back in the, in the back there where I would normally like to sit in church, and he fed me so much. If you don't come to third Fridays, I really would encourage you to come. Number one, they're fun. I mean, they're just fun. We don't, it's not so heavy-handed. We have a bite to eat. Usually the food is really good. This week the dessert was off the chart. It was so good. And we sit around, we just have kind of fellowship, and, 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 and then we hear a message from someone this particular week. It was Pastor Bill, and he spoke to us out of, out, out of uh, Ezekiel. And, 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 and listen, listen to what, what the Lord had him teach. You don't need to turn there because this is a rabbit trail, a little one, not, not long. He taught out of Ezekiel. It says... Ezekiel saying, they come to you as people come and sit before you as my people, says the Lord. They hear your words, but they don't do them. They do the lustful desires expressed by their mouths, and their hearts go after their gain. Behold, he says, you are to them like a sensual song by one who has a beautiful voice and plays well on an instrument They hear your words, but they do not practice them. That's God's plea. He turned us to James chapter 1. It says, don't simply become hearers of the word of God and not what? Doers. That theme is, is, is 
rampant. It runs straight through all of Scripture. You can't, you cannot get out of the fact that it is a call upon your life as it is upon my life that we become obedient to the Lord so that we can be blessed by Him. This life wasn't meant for you and me to be miserable. You might have difficulty in your life, but you can have, as Paul says, a contentment, a joy, a peace in wherever you are. God will bring that to you. And so blessings come through obedience. Looking back at chapter 119 of Psalms, this chapter represents the fullness of the Word of God. It it, it talks about our walking obediently in His Word. Of the 176 verses in chapter 119 of this great book called The Great Chapter, and the reason it's great is not because it's the longest chapter in all of Scripture. It's great because of the content of what is written within its 176 verses, and that is an exaltation of God and God's Word. And this psalm tells us clearly and immediately it is possible for you and me to walk blamelessly through the quicksands of our lives. In other words, this world in which we live. But it states firmly that this is possible not by having one foot in each camp, but only by walking through the Lord. In other words, you and I can't be good on Sunday. Okay, I'm in church. I'm here. But on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, we're in the world. And we're, and we're out and about, you know, running around with the, with the crowd that has a quote-unquote good time. And by the way, don't let anybody ever tell you, don't listen to those preachers that preach on the radio because they don't know. Don't let them tell you that, that sin isn't fun. They should have been with me in Hawaii. They would have had a, the time of their lives. But it was taking me straight to hell. But it was fun. Don't you make a mistake about it. But you and I can't live a life where we plant our foot here on Sunday and read the Word of God on Sunday, but the rest of the week we're over in this other part of the world in which we live, cussing and swearing and and carrying on, and then come back on Sunday and expect to find peace? Come on, give me a break. Who do you think God is? You think He's stupid? That doesn't realize what you're doing here while you're trying to be this there. You can't be a double-minded person and get this contentment that God wants to bring into your life and my life. That doesn't mean that you and I won't sin. We will all sin. We're all sinners saved by the grace of God. But your attempt in life is to not to be a double-minded person, not having one foot in the camp of, of godliness and the other in the camp of sin. You can't walk that way. You can't live that way. James tells us, listen, you don't even need to turn there. You can look at it later. It's James 1, verses 5, 6, 7, and 8. James says, if any of you lack wisdom, ask of God. And he will give it to you generously, without reproach. It will be given to you. But, but, you've got to ask in faith without any doubting. Because the person who doubts is like the surf of the sea. It's driven, tossed by the wind. The person ought not to expect that he's going to receive anything from God, being a double-minded person, unstable in all the ways. You can't have your foot here and say, Lord, help me. 
kind of make my life right. And then during the week you live over here. It's not going to happen. James says, don't expect to receive anything from the Lord if you want to live like that. You can have fire insurance. You're not going to go to hell. That's irrevocable. You come to Christ, you have him forever. But do you want to be a contented person? Then you've got to live according to the word of God. You've got to walk in his ways. Obedience is king as far as God is concerned. And look back at Psalms 119. Look at verses 5 and 6. It is as personal as it can get. It is a decision that you must make, or for that matter, not make. It's it's really your decision. The beauty of it is nobody, nobody can make you do it. Can't be forced. It's a decision that you must make. To walk with the Lord with all of your heart as diligently as you possibly can. Watch how personal it gets in verses 5 and 6. The psalmist writes, Oh, that my ways may be established. Not, not the church's way. We're okay. We've established the way we're going to walk here at this church. We're going to be a church that tries to, with all of our hearts, follow the will of God. This church is established. We're okay. But it doesn't establish you, nor does it establish me. It just establishes where it's going. And so it doesn't say in the church's way. It doesn't say in your family's way. Christianity, knowing Christ, is personal. It always has been. It always will be. The only person that can be affected by you is you. And when you learn, you can pass along to the other person But that's their decision. You can't make them. That's why I refuse to sit here and say, you've got to do this. You've got to do that. Because I don't want you following me. I want God to touch your heart. I want God to motivate you. And when He does, it'll be so real that no one will ever be able to budge you out of your position and your love for Christ. It would be impossible because it comes from Him to you. It's your decision. You've got to do it. And it doesn't come by osmosis. If there's someone here that lifts weights, they understand the principle. You can't lift weights and be fit. You can't work out. You can't work out once a week and then live like the Dickens the rest of the week and expect to be in shape. I looked down at my gut the other day. I got so discouraged. I did. I got so discouraged. And you know why I'm getting a gut? It's because I'm, not, I'm a lazy bum and I won't work out. Now, I wish that I could get strong just by hanging around with somebody who lifts and works out. Todd, I'd love to rub up against you and say, well, there I am, pum, poom, look at me. No, that didn't happen. And anyone that works out knows that you have to do it on a regular basis to be fit. Is there anything less about studying the Word of God? You can't read the Bible on Sunday and expect to be fit just by reading it from Sunday to Sunday. You've got to be in it on a regular basis so that God can start to speak to your heart. Watch, He'll say so, but it's personal. Nobody can do it for you. Don't get it through osmosis. You don't get it through just coming here and wanting it. You've got to be obedient to Him on a daily basis. Verse 5, Oh, that my ways may be established to keep your statutes. Then it says in verse 6, I shall not be ashamed. It's personal. 
It's personal. When I look upon your commandments, I will not be ashamed. All along in verses 7 and 8, we are to give thanks to the Lord so that he might not utterly forsake us. Verse 7 says, therefore, I'm going to give thanks to you, God. You know why? Because it is he that is going to change you and me, not someone else, not something else. He'll do it. And I'll give thanks to you with an uprightness of heart when I learn your righteous judgments. And I'll keep your statutes. Therefore, he asks at the end of verse 8, don't forsake me utterly. Do not utterly forsake me, Lord. Now, how do we do it? Look at verses 9, 10, 11, and 12. It is like the holy grail of this section of Scripture to me. How can we keep our way pure? Okay, that's the question. All right, I want to do all this. I want to be blameless. I want to be a godly person. I want to pass along to the next generation what you have given to me, Lord. How can I keep my way pure? Simple. Keep it according to my word, says God. The psalmist says, with all of my heart, I have sought after you. Don't let me wander from your commandments. The psalmist writes in verse 11, Your word I have treasured in my heart so that I might not sin against you. That's the key. The key is to meditate upon the word of God, to get the word of God so that it gets inside of you, into your innermost being, so that you can think about the things of God and realize that God is talking to you. And when you get that in your heart, then you will become a person who meditates upon the word of God, treasuring it in your heart, and you will not sin against the Lord your God. He will keep your way pure keeping it by and through His Word. Why is this so important? Why is the teaching of the Word of God so important? You search the Scriptures. Please, please do this for my sake and show me how else we can keep ourselves pure. Show me another way. Show me how a a, a seeker-friendly church can really motivate their people. Show me. Show me once. The Father of all seeker-friendly churches have a a letter that they wrote out and they said they've been doing it this way for so many years and they wanted to tell their people, oops, we're wrong. We're not really discipling people through the Word of God. Duh, really? Your Word I've treasured in my heart so that I might not Sin against you, Lord God. So therefore, the psalmist writes in verse 12, Blessed are you, O Lord. What? Teach me. Teach me your statutes. You see, it's not the pastor. It's not the speaker. It's not the person who can relay to you the things of God. It is God Almighty who will move into your life, who will start to motivate you to become real with Him so that He will teach you. And when He teaches you, when He is the one who is your teacher, when you sense that He is speaking to you, you will be more inclined to follow after Him. That's my deepest, deepest belief. And I do not take myself seriously as, a, as, a, as, as anything more than, than, than a person that has been gifted by God to do what I do. That's all. He has given it to me. I give it to you, and I ask Him to do the rest. It's not my job. I am 
as faithful as I know how to do what I do. But the end result, the only person I can affect is me. That's it. I can't make you. I can't. I would if, if I could. I'd get Jimmy at one door and, 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 and Todd at another door and, 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 and I wouldn't let any. Nobody can leave until you come to Christ. <laughs> We'd make you. Lock the doors. Can't do it. Nobody can make you come to Christ. Nobody can make you be obedient with the Lord. The good news is nobody can stop you. It's your decision. Ask God to teach you. Ask Him to start to fill your heart. And the only way He can teach you is by you diligently being faithful to get into the Word, being continually devoted, not for a long time every day, but just a moment every day so that you might meditate upon the things of God. And on and on and on the study of this great chapter goes. This is just a part of a part of what you should have been doing with yourself this week. Verse 15 says, I will meditate upon your word. Verse 16 says, therefore, I will delight in your statutes. And what I'd ask you to do is the same thing that a gentleman asked me to do. I don't know how many more years now. It's been 20 years ago, maybe more. He said, don't ever open up the Bible, John. Don't ever go to the Lord without asking him what it says in Psalms 119, verse 18. And I rushed to find out what it said in 119, verse 18. And it said, open up my eyes, dear God, that I might behold wonderful things from your law. You see, it's God that's going to prepare your heart. When you come here on Sunday morning, you should come here prepared in your heart to be moved by God. We shouldn't have to kind of conjure up in you a desire to sing or a desire to worship. That should be your heartbeat on the way here. And you want to know how difficult it is and how, how much it's hard? I'll tell you how it is. It's because how many times, don't, ask, don't raise your hand, how many times you get an argument with your wife or your husband on Sunday morning when you're going to go to church so that you're really ticked off? And you go to church like this, and you're not ready to work. It happened this morning. McKay, my wife and I were going to pack, and I was supposed to do it yesterday, and she said, you do it? I said, no, I want you to help me. We got mad at each other. I said, you got to help me. I don't... <clears throat> we went through something you don't need to know. It wasn't like a deep argument, because Kay and I, by the grace of God, don't do that. But it, I upset her this morning, Sunday morning. Didn't upset her yesterday. Didn't upset her Friday. Everything was honky-dory Thursday, Sunday morning. <laughs> Satan doesn't want you and me to come here to worship. And so on the way here, I do what perhaps you should do is ask the Lord to forgive me. Get on the phone and call your wife or the person that you've hurt and say, you know, I was wrong again. Please forgive me. Open up your eyes so that you might behold wonderful things from God's law. Because ultimately, as verse 19 will tell you and me, this is not our home. We're just strangers passing through here. And when we pass through, we have been given a mandate by God Almighty as believers in Jesus Christ to pass along to the next generation the things that we have learned. And you and I can't pass along what we don't know. 
And so as it says in verse 19, we are strangers in the earth. Therefore, the psalmist writes, don't, don't hide your commandments from me. I want to ask a favor of you to sit tight for a moment. That's the end of the service as far as that part goes. Now something really important is. In, in the life of this church, we celebrated our fourth anniversary last week. I'll pray in a minute. I won't forget. But I want this to be a part of the, the whole message. And when we celebrated our fourth anniversary last week, one thing that is true about this church that you need to know, that I believe with all my heart, we would not be where we are today if it were not for Laura and Ralph Chandler. They, were, they have been with us from day one. And so they have made a decision. And would you guys come forward? I know you're back there, please. Laura and Elijah and Jeremiah and Ralph have made a decision. And since Laura has been and Ralph has been such an integral part, as well as their boys, of our church, they made a decision that I thought that you need to hear from their hearts and also that we might pray with them. How did you get started in ministry, by the way? A blessing from the Lord. Our daughter was nine years old, and she really wanted to be involved in children's ministries and attend an event, but she wasn't comfortable going by herself. So she asked us to go with her, and by the grace of God, um, they asked if we would help hand out pencils. And we were excited about being able to do that because we had sat under Pastor John's teaching and were motivated and wanted to help but didn't know where. Hmm. And that's how we got started. Simple as that. <laughs> See, we, he is advanced. That's true. Um, well, you've grown since then. What, what were your responsibilities just recently here at the church? I, I know, but just kind of uh, touch on a couple of things that you did. Um, our heart has been just wherever the Lord would lead, whatever he had in mind for us to do. So I know... Jeremiah and Elijah helped so many ways in children's ministries with setting up and cleaning up in any way they could. And Ralph's been teaching um, since the beginning of The Rock in children's ministries, and that's been a huge blessing. And I've just had a privilege of being on staff and helping uh, in children's ministries with servants. And one of the neatest privileges was being part of executive staff because just to see hearts and lives completely committed to just honoring the Lord and just prayerfully going before him for every decision. So that's been a huge blessing. One of the things that they did, and we have it on tape. In fact, Kay is going to try and clean it up, and we're going to try and show it to you one day, is that uh, a class that they were teaching, I don't know, maybe 10, 15 years ago, I'm not sure, um, Rob Selleck, who now teaches our our students here and, and is a wonderful, fabulous teacher, he was under their care when he was the little boy at this age. And they were, they were caring for him then, and now he is teaching here. You talk about passing it on. Ralph, can you kind of tell us um, what has taken place in, in your and, and Laura's life and, and why we've got to this place right yeah. now? Well, as you read in uh, Psalm 119, and the service today just ministered majorly to my heart, and uh, thank you. Um, so I don't know why you were here because he was talking to me. But in uh, verse 100, it says, uh, "Because I have observed your precepts," and uh, and that's I don't I don't want to go before the Lord and have him say, "So what did you do?" And I'll say, "Well, I observed your precepts, Lord," and that's my heart's desire is just to observe His precepts and to obedient to His word. And so, the joy that uh, is set before us is just 
is to just come through the inspiration of the Lord and through the teachings, precept upon precept, line upon line, through here at the Rock. And it's been such a joy and it's been such a blessing to be able to be a part of this body of Christ uh, and, and, and to be able to teach the children and to work with them. I, I've been overwhelmingly blessed by them. So we came to to be uh, observant of his precepts. Uh, there have been some dynamics in our family that have changed, and I asked my wife to come home and be a wife and to be a full-time wife and to be a full-time mother. And uh, and so that's where we're at, and we're stepping out in faith. It's in faith that we do these things, you know, and, and the Lord has, this is our ministry. The boys are at an age where they need full-time attention. <laughs> especially so, mom. Yeah, especially mom, because she's got three boys to raise here. <laughs> That's, true. That's true. So I'm just very thankful, and we're very thankful. And so we're still going to be in ministry. I'm just very excited to see what the Lord is going to do now. We step out of faith, <laughs> doing those things uh, unseen and believing in those things unseen, that we go forward and the Lord has always blessed, so we're very thankful, and uh, we're excited about what's going to come. So to everything is seasoned, but we're, we're looking forward to the next one. So um, thanks. Let me give you a Thank you. I love you. So what we have... Uh, thanks. So what we, what we reluctantly um, accepted was for Laura to go off staff for a while. There can still be a part of our church, still do things here, and... But uh, we reluctantly, but we obediently to the Lord saw that that was a, that was a, a step of, of truth in their lives, that, that they needed both parents at home with their two great kids. Man, and these, these two young boys are an example for all of us as parents. Anyways, reluctantly, but uh, obediently, we, uh, we said, yes, Laura, you can step down for a time. <laughs> we'd, we'd love to have you back if, if that's what would be God's will. But uh, we want to send them off with a blessing. And so we would love for you to join me in prayer. Would you kind of stand with me for a moment? And let's just pray for these, this dear family. And we'll close the service. As soon as I'm through praying, you can go for home. And, and, and I pray you'll have an enjoyable Sunday with your family. Father, God bless this, the Chandler family, Ralph and Laura, for Elijah and Jeremiah. Father, would you please bless this family? Thank you for the the service that they have poured their hearts out to, not only here, but wherever you have taken them. They have been faithful. Uh, I testify, Father, to you through my life that I don't know what I would do without them. And so, Father, I thank you that you brought them into my life at least, and I'm sure many of us can say that. Now will you bless them. Bless, Laura. She cares for Ralph and the kids. And bless Ralph as he watches over his family. Bless the children, Father, that they'd be a blessing to their mom and dad. And, uh, Lord, uh, will you bless us as a church family that takes very seriously your word, that it would uh, minister to our hearts, we pray in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Love you guys so much. Thank you all for being here today. It's a, have a, a Thanksgiving, huh? Have a wonderful Thanksgiving this week. No, I forgot that. I'll have to tell you next week. <laughs> have a nice Thanksgiving.